Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by Betspurs. All right, let's, uh, let's head to the desert. Let's move podcast. on. Podcast three, two, one. Welcome to The Deep Dive, Arizona Cardinals. Uh, what is going on here, Andy? What are we doing? We had years of drought in the desert. No success. Nothing going right. Just a team in the Arizona Cardinals that was probably one of the easiest to forget existed because they were so rarely in the mix for anything important over the balance of the season. They draft Josh Rosen. It's a it's that's a disaster. This the general manager Steve Kime is embattled. He goes back to the well the next year and takes Kyler Murray, a guy people thought was going to go play baseball. Well, Kyler Murray worked out. Turns out he's uh, he's got some skills. Enough skills to get this team off to a hot start last year, secure a playoff spot, secure a playoff spot, and get utterly neutered in round one of the playoffs on Monday Night Football. But you know what? That little taste of success was just enough to get everybody paid. Steve Kime got a contract extension. Cliff Kingsbury got a contract extension. (laughs) Kyler Murray got a contract extension. You 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 get some money. You get some money. You get some money. And now you have this weird situation where you have a relatively cheap and not especially impressive owner in in, uh, Bidwell out in the desert with a bunch of money guaranteed to some guys who kind of don't really know what they're doing. And this looks like one of the easier franchises to just all like dump all your stock. Like, like, like how, like how does this work? Long term, what are we doing here? Uh, so, I Arizona? mean, and how it works. I mean, they got the first couple steps right, and we could not sing the praises enough when they did something very few teams had ever done, and that was spend high draft capital on a quarterback and then move the fuck on when they knew, like, hey, guess what? Like, Baby just, Our bad. Yeah, I, I, this was, I've made a horrible mistake. Like, just <laughs> straight up Will Arnett, like, we're done. This is this is bad, and God bless them. They did the right thing. Teams don't have the balls to do that. They're scared of uh, the media, the fans. I don't know yep. what they're scared of. Like they made the right call. Kyler Murray is gobs better. God, oh, yeah. um, God, you're making all your development on the mind. Just, it's in my brain now. But and then they did the rest. The rest of that. What's the rest of the formula when you have a rookie and a cheap deal? You bring in other people around him because you can. And they did that. And I just, and I look at all the, all the pieces of the puzzle, you know, the veterans you bring in the rookie receivers you've drafted, getting the quarterback, getting some pieces on both sides of the ball. They brought in some defensive players that are very good. What held this team back? And every time I land on cliff man, because this was a thing that happened and when he was in college, too, it's not unique to him as a Cardinal where the second half of these seasons have not gone well. And granted, injuries happened, but injuries happen to every team to certain levels. And you have to be able to adjust. Like we always talk about in-game adjustments. 
in-season adjustments are more important because they're macro and you need to be able to scheme around some of this stuff. Although, again, if you want to be positive, uh, like they did lose Kyler for some time, Colt McCoy started three games for this team and they still won 11. That's yeah. I would I would pose that as a positive. They lost a bunch of games with J.J. Watt missed time. Um, you missed time from Hopkins. I think he missed seven of the team's final nine games, it says. And they didn't get shit out of some of the rookies they drafted, and they still won 11 games made to the playoffs. And it's funny, too, that um, I bet on this team against the Rams. I took the points. I just my numbers. I should have just gone with my brain in, because in the wild card round, yeah. No, we got to go check that tape. I was no. Come on, you tried to talk me out of it. No, I took the points. I said, I said that it's the, the, these teams aren't that far apart. And I said, and I even said that I said there was a podcast I did with. I think I feel like it was maybe with Ed Fang. I did okay. something middle of the season where somebody asked me about like a team I'm looking at to maybe fade in the playoffs. And the Cardinals were like 10 and two at that point. And I said, you know, this team's good, but once we get to the playoffs, you have a rookie, uh, you know, or rookies in the playoffs, yeah. first time playoff time. coach. Yeah. And yeah, I'm like, I'm probably going to bet against this team. I should have just gone with my oh, brains because my, my spreadsheet had them. I didn't have them that far <laughs> apart. On, okay. on paper, I, th- I thought it was going to be a lower scoring, good game. It was not. They got thunder trucked. And I mean, that, yeah, that second half fade was, uh, it, it was a tale of two seasons because they did. <laughs> this was the team. If you bet on a team to be last undefeated, this they was were it. the last one, right? Yeah. They were seven and oh. Uh, there was points early in the season where Rondell Moore was getting spoken about in the rookie of year conversation. Kyler was getting talked about as MVP. your MVP. Yeah. Uh, they had added Connor. Yeah, he the was the he They'd was the halfway. Ha- yeah, yeah. It was he was the halfway point MVP last year. He was like at yeah. that at that seven, eight, nine game stretch. He was definitely yeah. talked about as your MVP. Uh, they added that Rodney Hudson to the line, JJ Watt to the defense, James Connor, and drafted a couple of rookies that ended up playing a bunch and. It it felt like this team was making their push, and then you had Turning a second the second half fade. They just they couldn't overcome injuries. They couldn't co- overcome what honestly what I everybody thought was going to be this, you know, revolutionary offense. It's it's actually just a bad offense. It, 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 it no, it's it's a boring offensive scheme where you just put an extra wide receiver out there. Like hey, what's the difference between uh, you know, a bad offensive scheme with your normal three wide receivers that uses no motion. And Cliff Kingsbury's wild. You know, uh, he's got four receivers out there and they're still using no motion and not doing anything unique. Like, oh, you added yeah. a receiver? That's not that's that's not that exciting, I guess. I they do run with some tempo and you that that part works. When you get Kyler Murray in space, that works, but He's little, and we've seen that time and time again now too. He's he's injury prone. You don't need him taking a ton of hits. So, I'm I'm not enamored with much here. No, no, no. Um, let's. Uh, but yeah, even even after like I said, after the seven and zero, they they poured it on the Bears, and they were ten and two at yeah. that point. Yeah. Still in they contention looked, looked, for the yeah, West. They were driving for the, yeah, one seed. the one seed. Yeah, they were driving the, and they the went, boat yeah. one seed. 
one and five down that stretch. Yeah, not good. Um, Well, the loss to the Packers was the first sign that something wasn't great going on there. And that was, yeah, they were undefeated. Yeah, it was Thursday Night Football. But Packers came into that game without Devontae Adams, and they were seven-point dogs. And they beat up on you with their third and fourth and fifth best guys. Uh, And, yeah, that was a bad sign. Um, the other kind of warning signs that I saw over the balance of the season, uh, the up absolute no show at home against the Panthers was weird. Um, that was, I had that circle as their worst game. Yeah. Like, yeah. Down yeah, the yeah. stretch that I, I have a hard time down the stretch. Cause there were just so many injuries had started to pile up. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. that, that was a game where you went up against, uh, PJ Walker and yeah. Cam Newton. Like yeah. PJ Walker and Cam Newton were your <laughs> like how many points was it? Again, it was a Colt McCoy game. But 34 it, 10. They were 10 point it, favorites it, in that game for sure. Yeah, even it it felt like all right, Colt McCoy, Colt McCoy was laying 10 and a half in that game, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it felt like this is not great that you have to start Colt McCoy, but yes. Like at least you're going against the Panthers and their quarterback situation is worse and their team is worse. You know what the other warning sign was about these guys? And this hasn't been talked about a ton in the prep run up here. Um, their convincing wins all had the same, uh, the same uh, signature in the first half of the season. Turnover assisted. They had, when they were winning the turnover battle, this team was cruising, 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 cruising. They get a hard-fought win week four against the Rams, but the Rams literally were like turning it over in the end zone and doing like the, oh, it's not our day kind of stuff. Aw, shucks. Uh, same, they took the ball away from the Browns three times. They took the ball away from the Titans week one three times. Um, if When they were convincingly winning the turnover battle, this team was unbelievably strong. Uh, and then in the games where they were losing the turnover battle, like the Packers one we mentioned, uh, and then the, the rematch with the Rams, like they just it wasn't as competitive of a team. And you don't want to be winning games. You know, we ta- we everyone who's covered the Cowboys in the preview for this season with the Cowboys has said this already. But like turnover, they're not sticky. Getting your defense getting big time turnovers is not something you can count on year in year out. And uh, you know, I think the fact that they were so effective. Uh, at uh, at at utilizing the turnover um, uh, differential and like exercising it to their advantage last season uh, is something that you can't count on at all for this season. Um, and I think a lot of the kind of points you made about Cliff and him being effectively the reason that they number one swoon and number two. Um, just in general, have a lower ceiling than other offenses that would have Kyler Murray under center are accurate and apply in you know triple this year because Kingsbury's not even a lame duck anymore. Like he just he's not even in, incentivized to innovate. Andy, like you think he's spent all off season like really looking at what his uh, you know his vision of an offense should be and making changes so that they don't swoon? No. He's I, I got paid. I'm doing my job is correct. We made it to the playoffs last year. Like business as usual. Like I'm not expecting any adjustments, any changes whatsoever to who this team is. And I think that's going to be a problem that ultimately has this team way 
overrated by market. And the other kind of key thing to point out about Kyler Murray, because he was the halfway through the season MVP, when he is running on top of uh, what he can do with his arm, he is ridiculously good. There's no denying that. Just and ridiculously hard to defend and ridiculously hard to defend. But you know what else he is? He's little. He's fragile. He's fragile. And you know, guys like Russell Wilson made a career out of avoiding the hit, and Kyler has done the opposite. He has consistently been banged up the last two years, Uh, and like to the tune where the Cardinals were like the clearest, most obvious fade when you had any inclination that something was wrong with Murray and they were forcing him out there anyway, right? Because if you take that just a little bit of his dynamic athleticism away from his game, all of a sudden the ceiling, like the ceiling just, the roof comes down on, on this whole offense. And all of a sudden it looks, it's exposed for exactly what it is, which is not very creative, not very talented, uh, and just in general, like not going to get you to 30 points. So it's, uh, that's kind of the key for this team. Is Kyler Murray healthy? Yes. Arizona offense will score points. Is he healthy? No. Fade with extreme prejudice. And, and then also they made their bet. They paid him. They paid him big money. We had the, saga which we won't get into about the homework which is now probably a point of contention and i mean he can't he came out and kind of said like i didn't like that in so many words and that that can't be great for the relationship between him and the front office and now you've put yourself in you've shortened the runway for your chance of success and you need you need him to stay healthy, first of all, and you need all the other moves you made to start working out because you are in a tough division with the Super Bowl champs, a team that's about to finally give their prized young quarterback a, a chance and has been very unlucky with injury luck for two years in the Niners that probably just made regression to the mean sees their players playing more this year and has a good season if – Lance is anything. So you've got you've got your work cut out for you, and really haven't gotten a ton out of the drafts of late. I know we talked about they did things elsewhere by going and getting players in free agency, and that's worked. But like, Saban Collins wasn't good. Like that's that they actually had a, a good defense. It's going to be missing some pieces, which is going to maybe bring that more down to the middle of the pack, but they didn't get much out of saving Collins. And then they traded up for Marco Wilson. That didn't work out. Isaiah Simmons has been a bust too. Yeah. Isaiah Simmons going back a couple years and this year probably will be their best first round draft pick by trading it to get Marquise Brown. Who, <laughs> but even um, that was a, that, even that was a fairly I criticized move. I think that was an overpay. Yeah. For a guy who drops the ball and off like he is a absolute field stretcher. You know what the through line add is? a dynamic, a dynamic, you know, aspect to your offense. But if he gets the dropsies again, yeah. that then it was a huge overpay. You know what the through line is with a lot of the stuff you said? Steve Kahn, not a good general manager. 
Yeah, I think the, the entirety of this fish is rotting from the head with yeah. Kime and Cliff. I don't think either of them is living up to expectations. Which is why you go out of your way to despite, pay those guys this last offseason. Yeah, I know. <laughs> despite hitting on a quarterback and having the balls to do it after taking one that you failed at, they've made nice moves. It's just that the draft has not worked out. And there's been, you know, there's been some other issues. And a, a lot of it has been some bad injury luck. So Steve Kime has thrown a lot of darts and some of them have stuck. Yeah. The fact that they got production out of AJ Green last year was a gift. The fact they got production out of Chandler Jones last year was a gift. The fact that Christian Kirk worked out for you last year was a gift. The fact that uh, you um, you, got paid. Yeah, boy, he got paid by another team. Uh, Yeah, yeah, you couldn't pay him because you had to. You got to allocate your money now to your quarterback. Um, But that's again another key point. Like when you had a rookie quarterback in Kyler Murray, who you were determined to build around because you knew you had something good going there. You can take chances on Rodney Hudson, upgrade your center position. You can take chances on AJ Green. Uh, You can go pick. Bill O'Brien's pocket and bring in DeAndre Hopkins. Um, you know, you can go give JJ Watt some money to, you know, to to not retire and come try to be a, a difference maker for you, right? Like they were afforded all of the opportunities to swing away and hit some. They made some hits, like clearly. Like I've, I think Rodney Hudson was a tremendous job finding him and bringing him in and having some stability on the offensive line through Hudson two seasons ago. Similarly, like. Like trying with Zach Ertz, he still has tread on the tire. Fine, good, good job. Um, they have cycled through running backs instead of paying a running back. That's that's a good decision, right? Like so, there are like flashes of things that look uh, decent about on their resume, but then the other stuff about first round draft picks into the linebacker position is just uh, inexcusable. Uh, getting your pocket picked for Marquise Brown, not great. Um, and, uh, and in general, like this is not a roster that you can hold up to the other contenders in, even in a weak NFC, you can't hold this roster up and say, these guys are on the level. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Too many holes. Too many holes, not enough putty. And yeah, the, the defense did play decent last year, but they lost again. They're, they're losing some players too. And I don't know if you can expect that. Like we talked about Chandler Jones the other day. That's a he gone. Yeah, he gone. That's 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 kind of a big loss. Uh, yeah, I I hate to say regression on both sides because I really think the offense can still be good. And of course, and like Marquise Brown, if it works, and AJ Green, even if you get part of what you got out of last year, you have a chance with. Rondale Moore to turn him more into more than just a scat back who catches bubble screens or runs the ball. Zach Ertz might still have something to give. And then you get a wide receiver one back in week seven. Like the offense, the offense can be good. Well, the offensive Jay- line is the secret strength of this team. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. like, like the, you, have, you have two, you have Connor and then Daryl Williams is kind of a nice depth piece. They, they needed depth at, at running back and they added somebody who has sure. seen plenty of carries. Like sure. you have all the, like your biggest question mark right now to me is wide receiver, because I don't know about 
Hollywood working out. I don't know about AJ Green doing it one more year. I don't know about Rondale Moore taking that next step. And I don't know if Zach Ertz is young enough to do it anymore. And your best player is missing for part of the season. So like your biggest question mark on offense, because like you just said that Pugh Humphreys Hudson was a great yeah. pickup at, at center. Like yeah. the, the whole offensive line is the very whole, good. Yeah. Agreed. And, and your biggest question mark could turn out to be a strength. Like, if the wide receiver room kicks it up a notch, this team is good on offense. Yeah, but and it may take massive, a while too. Massive yeah. question mark, though. You know what, Andy? What if this is a weird flipperoo year for the Arizona Cardinals and they start slow and finish strong? Because you get Hopkins uh, like back, because yeah, because the the wide receiver room starts to gel a little bit. Like that's not crazy at all. Um, yeah, I think we gave we gave them a decent shine. Uh, on the positives. And I will just say that DJ Humphreys and Kelvin Beecham to me, grayed out as a, one of the better tackle duos in the NFL. Um, both of those guys are bona fide starters. And if they stay healthy, you have a, you know, a brilliant anchors to your, um, to your O-line love Hudson guards are good. Like you're going to be, you're going to be able to afford, uh, you know, uh, plenty of time for Kyler Murray to operate back there which means if he can gel with these wide receivers, then you got, you got something going. Um, but I think that's going to take a little bit of time. And it also, it's going to take a little bit of cliff. It's going to take a little bit of cliff growing and giving you more to work with in terms of scheme and design. And we just haven't seen it. And going back to the point about like, he's still sort of at the favorite of the first coach fired market, which is kind of crazy. Cause like like there, Bidwell's not a guy who let who pays people to not work for him. Well, no, and, and that's the other thing too. It, it does feel very Bears ish, where like Nagy can't stump for the the firing of, or excuse me, um, Pace couldn't stump for the firing of Nagy because they were like this. You know, it was an indictment on himself. It feels similar to that, where it, it would have to come from the highest of levels and. Yeah, he's not the kind of guy who does that. So, yeah, I I don't see it happening in season. Um, did you? Am I am I reading too much into him getting extended? He's got a four year, twenty two million dollar contract. No, I mean pl- coaches have been extended and then fired that same year. That's a that's a thing that happens. It's okay. not probably a thing that happens with the way this franchise spends, but he signed um, through the twenty twenty seven season. Both, I, th- both I think he's. Yeah, I think he's Jesus safe Christ. this year. Jesus. Um, I mean, Cliff needs to make a major step forward as a head coach. Uh, cause, and he doesn't really have a ton of help. His staff is, eh. <laughs> you got Vance Joseph there. Well, he's another, like we talk about this, where sometimes you wonder yeah. if... Hey, you would be a great coordinator, but you can't handle two jobs and essentially yeah. doesn't have an OC. I mean, there, there's Jerry not, there Sullivan, isn't, a, there isn't, offensive there assistant. isn't, yeah, there isn't an OC in name. It's him. And he had Vance Joseph doing an admirable job with the defense, honestly, but maybe he needs a little more help on the, on the offensive side or just the overall leadership side. Cause that's, that seems like a weakness right now. It's just a, the scheme at times and then just the overall management of this team. I never really graded them, especially well analytically. Like I don't think they're really using the right 
tools and philosophy to kind of make decisions in game, uh, which is a problem. Uh, kind of keeps them from that elite rarefied air among NFL teams, surely. Um, and you mentioned it. Like, it's just it's not a very creative scheme. They're not doing enough stuff that you really uh, need to be doing at this point in, to be a competitive offense in the NFL. Um, one other note about off a cliff. DeAndre Hopkins' performance kind of went off a cliff. And I don't really know how much he's got left in terms of tread. Especially if uh, you can't use PEDs anymore. <laughs> well, who knows? Uh, but he went from like bona fide game changer, wide receiver one in Houston, brought that game to Arizona for the first year and was honestly underutilized, I thought, in his first year because he's, his singular talent isn't getting separation. It's not route running. It's not the intangibles. He just never, ever, ever drops the ball. Like he was in, like the statistics of his catch percentages when it was a decently thrown ball are like they look fake. Um, but his performance has dropped off significantly. And I'm not saying dropped in terms of number of drops because he only had one drop last year. Um, but just what he's bringing to the table in terms of generating offenses has slipped a lot. And I don't know. I don't. I don't think that's because of the way the team is utilizing him. Uh, he only played ten games. You mentioned because he was injured at times, but um, the production was not close. And it's he's this guy going into his year thirty season, and there's not a lot of thirty year old wide receivers that you're like super duper stoked about. <laughs> so, are you worried at all that Hopkins is not going to come off of his uh, his little? extended vacation and, and be the game changer right away? I can't remember. I, I just, I t again, too much content and my brain's too mushy at this age, but I talked to you or somebody about this last year. I said, it's a six game suspension, but how often do you see a wide receiver come off a suspension and just like, Hey, I'm integrated into the offense perfectly. Just it's explode. Not like they're yeah. not, they don't get to practice where they're suspended. You don't practice with the team. I mean, you can go work out, stay in shape, hit the sled, do what you want at home, but yeah. you can't practice with the team when you're suspended. So like, yeah. they don't just, we did talk about it last night. Dan says, or uh, last night, we talked about it last Monday. <laughs> no, but uh, after the show was over, we were, I think maybe it show. was after the show we were um, talking about, we were talking yeah, about but Josh yeah, Gordon, Josh Gordon's still trying to find some chemistry. I'm, <laughs> that's why I said, like, I love so much about this offense. I really think it can be a good, good, good offense, but the wide receiver room has, uh, what we saw, A.J. Green maybe never giving us anything close to that ever again. Rondale Moore never taking the step forward from being gadgety. Um, Marquise Brown being the guy who drops the ball. That's not what you want in a deep threat. And then maybe, you know, T Hopkins takes eight or nine games before Father he's time. actually back. Father time Father is time. undefeated against Father time catching eight. Father time catching A.J. Green, Zach Ertz, and Hopkins all in the same year very much on the table that is a oh that'd be a coup for father time but yeah i mean it's <laughs> that, and that, that's the biggest that's the biggest downside of this offense is like they don't have one where it's like i mean we talked about seattle uh, there's just i don't think there's a chance dk metcalf is bad like dk metcalf being bad is because the quarterback never gives him a, a catchable ball it's just you know there's there's a bunch of receivers i believe like this guy is he's going to be good. There's no receivers on this team where I think 
I'm going to get 14 really good games out of this receiver. And the only, the only way that would happen is if somebody got unsuspended before the season starts, because uh, Hopkins just can't play enough games to get me there. So huge, huge question mark there Um, real quick before we do schedule and odds defense. Like I said, I think admirable job and it was a good defense last year. They did lose. Uh, Jordan Hicks went up to Minnesota, but he matters. That's, yeah, he he matters, and then Chandler Jones absolutely he matters. matters. He was very good. So like you, you lose a couple pieces through the middle and the front there, and it's just going to be another spot where they probably don't have enough depth. And uh, I think probably the yeah the story of the season outside of the receivers I keep harping on is depth everywhere. And Kyler staying healthy, but I, I guess the defense is kind of wait and see for me. I don't know if they made any additions to the defense that you think matter. No, Kingsley Kiki. <laughs> no, um, Nick Vigil. No. It's, I'm concerned about the secondary. They drafted uh, a few guys in the third round for the up up front. Maybe they can I, be rotational guys. That helps with depth, but. I never yeah, have I've never uh, I've never especially loved Byron Murphy. I mean, he's fine, but I'm not like going out of my way to kind of note his plays in a given game. Um the other two potential starters in Marker Wilson and Antonio Hamilton, enormous question marks. Um Jalen Thompson is a question mark for me at safety. Buda Baker is the only plus player in your secondary and as we were talking about like if your best player is your free safety like i mean he's only really making a difference if he's creating turnovers and while he was masterful at that last year let me see what he ended up with in total he actually only had three interceptions and one fumble recovery last year but he was uh, and actually he regressed from 2020 to 21-21 i'm surprised his 2020 uh campaign was really 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 good um but the uh yeah the the his ability to elevate this unit where you have four or five other guys who you have questions about that's a problem and jj watt father tom may catch jj watt too he may go for a four bag it's a package deal yeah he's gonna come Um, and and that's where i was at drew with the you know and it harkens back almost immediately to the seattle podcast where that's my biggest question mark for this team is like, what will the defensive scheme look like? Are they going to try to be aggressive up front? Because you lose a really good pass rusher in Chandler Jones. So what do you do if you can't get pressure with four, Drew? Uh, you uh, you let teams back into games when you have a lead. Yeah, well, I was going to say blitz. I, was, I wasn't yeah, looking blitz, for like, okay. the complicated answer. But, <laughs> but the thing about blitzing, what does blitzing do when you have three horrible corners? It leaves them out on islands, and yes, that's yeah. not what you want to do. So no. that's the biggest question mark for me is what are they going to do as a kind of a broad plan for this defense? Does it turn into the Seattle? Because probably the best situation is doing the thing I, I dogged on Seattle for doing in creating this bend but don't break defense because that actually works when you have a viable offense. Mm-hmm. Like let the team make it. It's like tennis where you just keep hitting the ball back to the middle of the court and let mm-hmm. that other person who tends to hit, you know, uh, unforced errors, let them make the mistakes. The bend but don't break defense relies on some turnover luck 
and it relies on other teams making bad decisions and you getting the ball back and having a highly efficient offense, it's just going to outscore them because if you decide, well, we need to blitz more to get pressure and you leave these corners on an island, they're going to get blasted and this defense is going to give up a lot of points and it's going to put pressure, more pressure. There'll be pressure on this offense no matter what. But extra pressure on this offense, and I, I don't think that's the key. So hopefully it's a – I hate, hate saying this, but hopefully it's like a boring cover three plan where they're just getting a lot of help and they're keeping guys back and you know just rush forward, keep it simple, stupid, bend, don't break, and don't don't be the team that gives up 30 points and need to score 31. Okay, so a couple notes. Uh, I think they're going to run 3-4. Uh, based on the current way that this team is rostered. They don't have any depth at defensive end. In fact, this is one of the w- weakest defensive end groups yeah. in all they, of football. They drafted a couple guys, um, but they were like day three guys. Yeah, so, not contributors. No, 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 no. Uh, you you're, you're, you're currently looking at these two starting outside linebackers. Dennis Gardeck, who was well below replacement for you last year, and Marcus Golden who is one of the more controversial players in terms of grading correctly in the NFL because he has an in, a couple of just huge, huge sack number years for Arizona, then the Giants, and then again for Arizona last year. He had 11 sacks. But I, it is easy to point to those as extremely hollow. Like the, the idea that his uh, contributions are repeatable and meaningful, I had to take m- you know major exception to. So you're counting on Marcus Golden uh, repeating what he did for you last year, but maybe making those sacks count mean, mean more. Okay, um, but no, the pass rush to me looks like a problem, and the secondary to me is too many question marks. I think this defense is going to grade poorly at times. Uh, throughout the balance of the season, which um, you know, it's it's uh, it's kind of just enough to throw cold water on this team in my my in my overall rating. Yeah, we'll just really really see what the coverages look like. That's what I'm going to be looking for. I'm going to be looking. I didn't get a chance because, again, we were in Vegas for week one, and my week has been hell so far. But I need to go back and grade week one preseason games and see if people like Cameron Thomas and Majai Sanders played. For see, I think they actually drafted four or five defensive players. See if any of those guys are going to be uh, contributors in a rotational sense at all. Otherwise, yeah, it's it's kind of a stars and scrubs defense. It's missing about two stars. <laughs> it's a it's a two star movie compared to a five. If you want to go there, but it's uh yeah, it, it could be an issue. And again, it, especially if they determine that they're going to try to let these young young or bad corners get better through trial by fire. It could be there could be some absolute barn burners. It could be a fun fun games to watch, but not if you bet the Cardinals as a favorite. Yeah. So let's take a look at their schedule unless you had anything else. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Because they are favored in quite a few games, but again, tough-ish schedule. 
especially off the jump, this can be a team that, and we'll get to this and how we're betting this team. If you like the Cardinals, there's probably a decent chance, a decent argument to wait to uh, bet anything season long on them. Unless you really, really think you're way ahead of the market and they're going to win two out of those first three or something. But whew, that is a, a tough ask right off the bat. Host Kansas City, head to Vegas to Allegiant, and then uh, the Rams at home, who you obviously will pay twice. But nice soft landing in the middle there, but a really rough start. And then there's a nice ugly stretch. And this would be the point where if you do think there's some talk of Cliff being canned, and you think, well, man, that Minnesota game's probably a loss, and that Philly game, they that's a bad spot maybe they might lose that one too if there's a if there's a scenario where they're going into that Seattle game and they're like three and or that Rams game excuse me in week 10 and they're three and six even four and five and there's a really good chance they drop three going into the bye and if you drop three going into the bye to put you at three and nine or even four and eight, after you know a, a nice season, a playoff performance, like that's a spot where you got to think, hey, here's a here's a really good opportunity for first coach fired. I guess if if that's something you believe in, I don't know where I stand on that yet. But boy, whenever I see a nasty stretch right before, before a buy on a team that I have my doubts on, I think about coach firings. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah. two, but so the, yeah, those first twelve weeks are kind of bookended by gross stretches. They really are, and and it's yeah. silly. Like there's only two two of those six games are on the road. A lot of them are home games. They're just against tough teams. Yeah, that whole stretch there in the middle, Carolina, Philly, Seattle, New Orleans, where your small favorite feels fragile. Like that feels like those could flip to small dog if you don't look great week one, which I personally don't think is a fair price. I think. KC minus three is a really decent bet in Arizona week one. Um, and I, you know, Las Vegas and the Rams week two, week three, like that's, a, this could be zero and three to start. Uh, and at that point, you know, maybe you beat Carolina and Seattle, but lose to Philly and new Orleans. And you're looking at a two and what is that? Two and five type of a start there. Would love Minnesota, the two and eight Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah, and Philly. Probably, I mean, and, be, and Seattle. I mean, and Seattle minus two and a half. Seattle you know. gets you to three and nine. Like again, that that next three or losing losing that stretch there after Seattle. If you end up three and nine into the bye, like I don't know what's keeping you from getting rid of a coach. Yeah, no, I agree with you. The money. Um. So. What do we do with this team? <laughs> I don't have any. Uh, I don't. I, I forgot they're going to Mexico City. I'll point that out versus San Francisco. Yep. The Niners game, game is. Uh, the Niners game isn't isn't a true home game. No, um, that's Mexico City. Equal distance travel basically for Arizona and San Francisco, or a little farther than San Francisco, but it's uh, so they have a travel advantage there. Um, tough down the home stretch to finish at at, uh, even though one of those is Atlanta. You're still traveling right at the end of your season, which means if you don't win your the NFC West, 
you know, you're going to be asked to go and win three road games after two road games to end the season before you would then host the Super Bowl, which has only ever happened in one instance where the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers went road, 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 and then won the Super Bowl at home. Um, The uh, Rams, of course, had a couple of home games before they won the Super Bowl at home, but we are on a weird little two-year stretch where home teams are winning Super Bowls. So uh, not that that has anything, any bearing or relevance for the uh for the cardinals this year because realistically i don't see this team taking a meaningful step forward from the team uh that performed poorly in the in the playoffs last year uh well you know enough to win three consecutive road playoff games um which means that their prices to win the super bowl at 30 to 1 and nfc at 14 oh bless you those aren't great bets. <laughs> so, uh, no, I just pass, I, pass. I don't see I don't see I don't see a good scenario where they're not playing a few again. If it works out on offense and the defense figures out a way to not be a huge hindrance and a problem all year, there's still not a lot of paths where this team has multiple home games in the playoffs. So, even in a weak NFC, that's a big ask for probably a bad coach yeah like at that point and that, win the nfc west that number's not really big enough make the playoffs is interesting because i think they do have a shot at that they should be one of the better teams of the also rands but it's not a big enough number to bet and then the the regular season win total is probably pretty fair they have a tough schedule and it, it, they probably you know vacillate between like seven and ten wins an awful lot it feels like they have a tight distribution and it's not anything based on this team. A lot of it has to do with, there's a lot of spots in the schedule that are just really big asks. And there's a lot of spots in the schedule that are, you know, not walkovers, but if the team even performs exactly how the market says it should, like you should beat Seattle twice. You should win, you know, you should win some of these games pretty easily. So feels like the win total is pretty close. I would have to look. Where is Cliffin first coach fired? He was nearish the top. I haven't looked at that market in a long time. Uh, he's in the top five for sure. There's I, a, I that whole market. Was... None, none of that market makes sense to me. Really, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to go dig it up now. But it, it's something I may look at, um, depending on the rest of the preseason and then betting attack like. I don't know. Like I talked a little bit about the defensive scheming. If the scheming is dumb and the receivers are good, like your two question marks could either lead to this team being an overs team or being having too high of totals. And if the receivers work and they work right away and the defense comes up with a solution for their bad corners where they're getting them enough help, mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, those are the two things that change a lot about how the total should be shaped in these games because bad cornerback play and a bad defensive scheme with some receivers that are working well on the other side of the ball. Like again, these can be games that are ending in the sixties and seventies, which is fun. Yeah. And then the, the opposite of that is where, Hey, this is a, this is an overs team in the market and they're getting priced as such where they can't get the offense out of the mud because of AJ green is a million years old and Marquise Brown dropped two touchdowns. 
and that that fifty one's going to look funny when they the game ends up like you know twenty one ten. Yeah, no, I I I'm right there, and I think realistically, um, yeah, I think realistically the market's not unaware of this. So Arizona right now ranked about the eighth best offense, twenty fifth best defense. So that is telling you right away that these totals are going to be a little high. So you're going to need something to change people's minds about the offense being in the top 10 in order to really catch value on any overs, I think. Um, to close the book on your Kingsbury question, he is uh, a little under 12 to 1 right now at Chris, and he is the sixth choice for first coach fired, it looks like. Uh, after Rule, McCarthy, Pete, Frank Reich. Ron Rivera and Dan Campbell. Those are the only uh, six. Those are six guys ahead of him, so he's seventh. Yeah, probably fair. Leave mm-hmm. it alone. Okay. All right. Well, that's that Cardinals. is that is the Chicago St. Louis Arizona Cardinals. Is there a path to where you will change your opinion on this team enough to where you would back them in the futures market? The offense would have to look good, like the everything. And again, it, it hinges so much on getting getting like eighty percent of the ceiling out of like all three of those receivers before Hopkins comes back. And then it's it's like I'm a buy because Hopkins is coming back, and this is just going to get even better. Yeah, but no, I mean it, it's it sucks with how football works because you can have that for like a game and sometimes you're you know maybe it was just a bit of a a false signal and you shouldn't buy in because it might be the only game you see it all year Mm -hmm. i don't know i'm 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 going to be very hesitant to upgrade this team quickly they have a they're anchored pretty hard to where i have them i really like i like kansas city against them week one a lot i think that should be outside of three should make a bet right now i've already bet it but uh how many week one bets do you have you did six or seven (sighs) august 20th i gotta scroll a bit to get through the preseason stuff i can still get a pretty good price on that minus one i bet i could go find a minus 101 if i hunt around enough it's actually leaning towards three and a half so all right Cardinals, that's a podcast. Thanks for listening, watching, viewing, sharing, commenting, loving. Uh, Thanks for liking football. Thanks for listening to us. If you have anything, put it in YouTube chat comments. Or if you listen to this in a podcast, you don't want to go over there. We're on Twitter.com. See you guys. 